The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Well, it's that time of the year, folks. That's right. The racing begins at Saratoga on Friday. I've told you this year and year, you got to put it on your bucket list. There's no town like it. You head down Union Ave, everyone's a buzz talking about horses. The facility itself is massive, but it's retained its quaintness. Uh, sh- sure, parts of it are modernized, uh, but you can still have a great time back in the paddock area, and they let you bring in uh, drinks and snacks. And then, of course, in the front, if you're lucky enough to get a reservation in the clubhouse, you'll be rubbing elbows with some of the finest people in racing. Uh, the box seat area is nothing but a who's who of people in horse racing. So uh, in addition to the, the people and the place, there are the horses, and the best in the country are going to be racing there, no doubt about it, with one exception, and we'll get to that about some of the big races coming up this week. But to help us set the table or put down the picnic blanket at Saratoga, none other than Tom Law, who heads up operation with the Clancy Brothers, putting out the daily Saratoga special. It's all-encompassing. Things you want to know from the social scene to what's happening on the backstretch uh, to picks and pans on the racetrack, results, uh, predictions, uh, just a fantastic publication. So we will be talking with Tom Law, who's up there. You know, they've got a pretty large staff, so they do, uh, you know, uh, beat feet on the backstretch. And we're going to need that help today because two of the races we're going to look at, one will take place tomorrow and that is the Schuylerville. it's a grade three it's launched some fantastic fillies over the years and what an interesting group of course uh, that the, the tops are there uh you've got the wesley ward todd pletcher steve asmussen and even billy mott's got a nice two-year-old so we don't know much about these horses other than most of them broke their maidens impressively first time out but hopefully uh the saratoga special folks will put us on the path now that's that's the girls big opener for two-year-olds. The boys is the Sanford. It brought together a short field, but all of them are already winners, and it's going to be interesting to see who Tom Law and his staff feel will be in front at the end of the six furlong grade three Sanford. And then heading up Saturday's card is the Diana, a grade one race. That should be very interesting. A deep and talented field. I'm dying to find out uh, who Tom thinks is on top. I'll tip my hand right now. I really like Miss Temple City, 
This four-year-old uh, only made 11 lifetime starts, but has earned $576. Twice she's gone over to Ascot and uh, tried to take on group stakes winners. Just missed by two lengths in the Coronation Stakes last year. And uh, this year... She got steadied at the start. She got pushed back at the rear. She uh, lacked room and uh, uh, finished uh, fourth after being 14th in the race. So uh, that's Miss Temple City, and that is the grade one Diana that will be the headliner at Saratoga on Saturday. Again, that race a mile and an eighth on the turf. So our, uh, that's our first uh, look at Saratoga. Our first guest will be Tommy Drury. I don't know if you read recently, but uh, Claiborne Farm has entrusted Tommy with a string of their horses. They spread some of their horses around to different trainers. What a lot of people don't know is Tommy's been working behind the scenes with Claiborne Farm for some time right now. And uh, he has uh, prepped horses for some of the best in the country, uh, Bill Mott and Steve Asmussen, uh, to name a few. Also, he is the man that broke the champion, Hanson. As a matter of fact, uh, thinking of Hanson, uh, we're going to get to uh, see one of his uh, babies run in the Schuylerville. So uh, uh, Platinum Spark is her name. Very impressive in her debut. But again, we're going to talk about Tommy Jury. Great guy. Want to see how he got in the game. He himself has given somebody a leg up in, in the sport just recently. It's a, it's a really, really good story. So uh, that's a look at our top two guests today. Of course, with all this great racing, you've got to pull down your easy win forms because we at winningponies.com, it's real easy to come and get your easy win form sheets, have been knocking them dead all week long. And, of course, Saratoga is one of the meets that we always kind of zoom in on. Uh, something we haven't uh, done uh, too recently is taking a look at some of the leading sires right now that were uh, halfway through the season. Of course, on top of all sires is none other than Tappet. Of course, uh, with a $300,000 stud fee, I think he's going to get some pretty nice broodmares. So uh, Tappet right now is number one as far as uh, stakes winners and earnings. Uh, congrats. Just had his 101st winner. He's already had 101 winners this year. Congrats currently stands 11th in the rankings. I'll run them down real quick under Tappet. Uh, Uncle Mo, Lucky Pulpit, of course, sire of California Chrome. Candy Ride, who's been very solid. Curlin, who's been a great surprise on the scene. Bernardini, Malibu Moon, Giants Causeway, City Zip, Kittens Joy, and Medaglia Oro. Those are names that you want to look for when you are handicapping. Uh, some, um, an interesting uh, study came out recently uh, that verified something, uh, something I believe for a while, and that it, it's very good for you to race horses when they're young. Uh, there's uh, been a six-year study on breakdown. When it started the study in 2009, the, the fatal injuries... In 2009, we're 790 on the turf, 88 on the dirt, 617, and on the synthetic, 85. Let's move forward to what's completed now in 2015. Now that we have them in, fatal injuries, 2009, 790. 2015, 484 on the turf, 2009, 88. 
last year, only 68. On dirt, 617. That's been almost cut in half, 387 in 2015. And on synthetic surfaces, it went from 85 to 33. And uh, there are a lot of different reasons, uh, better veterinarian work, uh, changes to medication regulations, uh, you know, just uh, people taking their time. But you don't have to take your time early with a horse. I've always heard the conversation that, oh, no, don't race them at two. You know, there'll be a wreck at three. And I've always said, no, if you go back through history and look at the best horses, those with a good foundation at two go on to become the older champions. And uh, it looks like I'm getting uh, some support from some of the people in this injury. And uh, one of uh, the, the, uh, the studies that said that looking at the reduction as a whole, 8.4% could be attributed to a higher percentage of horses beginning their careers at a younger age. It's a positive because horses racing at two begin the process of reshaping the bones for racing. So for the, for the naysayers out there that say don't race them at two, don't you worry about it. It puts a good foundation in them, and studies have proven it. Well, uh, Animal Kingdom is going to get a little race. Uh, she's one of two North American stallions that won't be making the Southern Hemisphere breeding season this year. Uh, Darley feels that uh, he's had three really big seasons, uh, so they want him to return in 2007, but they're going to give him a break. I guess he's had very, very big books his first three years, and they're going to give him a, a chance to get a little bit of a break, which I think is smart. I think sometimes you can overwork the stallions. And also Spendthrift, uh, they, they sent down Can the Man, one of the best sons of Into Mischief. Uh, he's out of Danzig Mare. And uh, he was very well received in America before he went to Australia, but he, the interest just wasn't there in Australia, so they said they're pretty much going to bring him home. So uh, that's some interesting uh, national news for sure. Uh, let's take Look now at some interesting races. Uh, one that uh, that we did a handicap here last week, and that was the Delaware Handicap. Of course, uh, in the Delaware Handicap, Grade One, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I felt I'm a chatterbox was the one to beat, and I was right. But very much of a controversial race. I thought, oh no, because I, I did make some exotics, and thank God, hit the try. But anyhow. Uh, the gates open. I'm a chatterbox breaking from the four hole. Just takes a left. Uh, shades of Bayern in the classic, and just wiped out the horses to the inside, including and all the way down to the inside horse. Paid up su- subscriber who was Michael Baychak's pick, and uh, uh, paid up subscriber just got pushed sideways. And uh, anyhow, the race went on. I'm a chatterbox got moved out and away from the inside horses, cleared them by Florent Giraud, and uh, rated pretty well in second there, and then went on and, and won the race, as I felt I'm a chatterbox would. Put up an inquiry, or I, actually an objection, a paid-up subscriber, written by Ricardo Santana, and I'll tell you what, a lot of people thought that claim of foul was going to stay up. It took a long time for them to decide, but the official ruling, I'm a chatterbox, the winner, second paid-up subscriber, and third was Penwith. So uh, very, very uh, interesting race 
nonetheless, but I will say I was happy to end up hitting the trifecta in there. Now, the next race uh, at Delaware Park, the Kent Grade 3, we got to see a new track record, American Patriot. Windstar Farm has another good one on their hands. They bred this horse. It's a son of Warfront, so I would imagine now that he's a uh, graded stakes winner, track record setter on the turf, you're probably going to see him added to their stallion station. Okay, let's go to Indiana Grand, and uh, that was a very interesting card. Of course, the Indiana Derby, the big one, and who comes in to win it again? None other than Bob Baffert. Cupid, rated in second for the lead, all of a sudden took over with about three furlongs left and got the job done over the player. That's right. Buff Bradley's horse that we had on the show last week, the player put in a huge race for only his fifth lifetime victory. And in the third spot was the other horse we liked a little bit, and that was Star Hill. Then, of course, there was the Indiana Oaks, and the winner in there was my selection, Family Tree, who just lasted over MZ. In the third spot was Minds and Magic. And then let's not forget at Indiana Grand, there was another race, and it was the Schaefer Memorial, 100000 The winner was Departing, the six-year-old gelding who carries the Claiborne Farm silks along with Adele Deshiner, who is trained by Tommy Drury, the biggest win in his career, $100,000. We'll be talking to Tommy coming up here in just a little bit on Winning Ponies and find out a little bit more about Departing and a little bit more about how he got into racing and what he does down there at the Skylight Training Center. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? 
Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, one of my favorite guys in the game. His name is Tommy Drury. Now, some of you may not have heard about Tommy, but I got news for you. You're going to. You know, we spend time on this show uh, talking about the, the guys like Bill Mott and Steve Asmussen, Pletcher and Chad Brown. I think it's important to get that uh, spotlight shining on guys that are going to be the future of this game, and I truly believe that, that Trump, Tommy Drury is a name you're going to hear of for a long, long time in racing. Tommy, thanks for coming. I know you had uh, some, a shindig going on. You stepped out of the room for a few minutes. Uh, it's my pleasure, John. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm, I'm happy to. Now, Tommy, uh, so I, I want to find out some background about you because a lot of people have been asking me, and I didn't have the answers. How did you get in the game? You know, so many people say they came along. It was a you know a fourth generation horseman type thing. Other people just uh, decided they didn't want to go to college, and they hooked up with a good trainer early on. What was your introduction to the sport? I grew up around it. My dad galloped horses, and, uh, I, I, you know, obviously with him doing that, I grew up around the barn, and, uh, you know, gosh, I can, I can remember uh, the, the kind of the, the standing joke where I'm at now at Skylight is, uh, you know, my first, very first job. My dad was galloping horses there, and, and uh, I used to kind of follow the manure spreader down the aisleway and sweep the aisleway, and, you know, now my, I guess my life's kind of come full, full circle. Now it's, now it's my aisleway. Now I'm responsible for it. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I started out, uh, you know, just like everybody else, you know, at the bottom of the barrel and groomed horses and galloped horses and, you know, worked for several uh, of the bigger outfits here in Kentucky and, uh, you know, just, just tried to kind of pay my dues, if you will. Well, you, it's good to hear you've done a little bit of everything. You answered uh, one question of mine uh, because people, uh, they were looking at some pictures of you and they said, how big's Tommy? I said, we pretty much look eye to eye. He's not, he's not any taller than me, really. And they said, well, did he ever ride? And so I need to ask you that question. Did you ever ride or did you just gallop? Uh, you know, John, I, I, when I, early on, that was my dream when I was a kid. Every, you know, I think every kid that's the, even close to being that size, they want to they wanna be a jockey and uh you know, the only, the only problem I had is I just, I, I've never been really good on the back of a horse. So, uh, so, so, you know, I, I, I probably got a little too big for that. I did not ever ride races. I did ride, uh, uh, quite a bit in the mornings for, for a lot of the bigger outfits and was able to get on some pretty nice horses over the years and, and, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of went on from there to on to training. Well, uh, uh one question is, you know, you talk about some big outfits. Do a little name dropping for me. I worked for Bill Mott. I worked for Frankie Brothers for for, for a long time. I worked for Wayne Lucas uh, for for a short time when he was, uh, you know, when he was on top of the world. And uh, uh, Jim Day, I, I, I was I was actually getting on horses for him uh, when when he had the Samson horses uh, dance smartly and some of uh, some of the better Samson horses. So. Uh, uh, Brian Mayberry, when he had Sardula, who, uh, you know, she she was an awful nice three-year-old filly. So uh, I was pretty lucky as far as that went. Uh, I, you know, I, I was able to work for a lot of really really good horsemen, and 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 was able to learn a lot from them. Yeah, I was going to say, when you're in that position, Tommy, it's not just a matter of getting a leg up on the horse and, and doing the work around the oval. You're, you've got eyes and ears, and you're watching these guys' techniques. It has to wear off on you and probably take the best 
of one thing from the best guy and the best from another from another guy and kind of put it into your program? I would like to think that my program's, uh, you know, a little bit of mod, a little Frankie Brothers, and, uh, you know, with the white head stalls we use, we, we threw a little Wayne Lucas in there. Um, but, yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's, you know, those guys, they're, they, they, you know, gosh, they're, they're all Hall of Famers. They've been, you know, they, they, they've done everything that can be accomplished in this business, and, you know, you'd be crazy not to, not to, try, to try to follow in, you know, in what they've done. Now, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at the top of the show, I did a little introduction of you, and, and I said that you actually do a lot of groundwork for big-name trainers and, and getting horses ready, and then when you feel one probably is ready, you'll get, give a phone call uh, to so, some of the big outfits and say, your horse is ready, come and get them. Uh, was I right about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we do a, you know, we do a variety of things there at the training center, and you know, whether it's uh, breaking babies, uh, we do, a, you know, we do a little bit of that. We do some surgery horses. We do, uh, you know, layups. Uh, we've, you know, we've gotten several this year out of the out of the two-year-old sales. They've came from the sales onto us. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, been, we've been very fortunate with that. Uh, you know, we, of course, we had Hanson early in, in his career as a two-year-old, and we, we did a lot of the groundwork on him. And, you know, I'd like to think uh, at the end of the day, we, we played a small part in his success. Uh, you know, for, for Claiborne, we had Lee early in, in, in his career before he, before he went to the racetrack. And, you know, we've had some, had some pretty, good, pretty good horses go through there. Um, for our listeners that aren't familiar, can you kind of describe Skylight Training Center and uh, the, the size of your staff? I've got about 50. I, I normally keep about 50 horses all together. The... Uh, the racetrack's uh, three quarters of a mile. It's uh, the pro ride surface, which is Australia's version of the uh, of the poly track, and uh, and it, it's a little bit more of a laid back environment compared to what what you might see at the racetrack. You know, there's just not not quite as much going on around there. A little quieter, a little more green grass, and and I think you know, I think uh, especially the older horses, I, I really think they they benefit from that environment. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think a little bit of a break because you know the older horses. Some of them have been on pretty much a nine to five schedule for for several years. Same old, same old. It, it gets tired. They get sour, and some, like you said, where, where they just be taken out and munch on grass and be a horse again, kind of relaxes them and gets their mind right. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, we're going to talk about you getting a leg up in the business later, but uh, just just recently, uh, you helped a rider uh, make a comeback after four years. I I read online some people questioned your de- decision uh, to ride a guy we both have known for years, Casey Chavez. I thought that was a great thing you did, Tommy. Well, I appreciate that. I uh, you know I've been friends with uh, with Felix and Penny for a long time. I think the world of both of them and uh, Casey's mom and dad and. And uh, Penny had mentioned that Casey was about ready to, you know, about ready to come back. And uh, I, you know, I just I, I did a little little research on him just to, uh, you know, just to kind of make sure that he was he was where everybody was saying he was at. I talked to Dougie Callens, who he'd been breezing horses for, and and Dougie had nothing but good things to say about him. Just uh, you know, went on and on about uh, about what a good job he had done for him and how happy he'd been with him. And then, you know, of course, I spoke with Al Stahl, which you know, Casey was the the regular work rider for blame when he was, you know, when he was making his breeders cup run. And, and, and again, Al, Al had nothing but positive things to say. And, and, uh, you know, I just, uh, from everything I was hearing, I, I just, 
you know, we, we, we had a horse in, we needed a rider, and I felt like, uh, I felt like it, you know, obviously I've been blessed to get some opportunities, and I, I was just hoping I could maybe pass one along to someone else. Well, uh, you did, and just for the record, he got beat a dirty nose on the turf over the weekend, so he's going to beat yeah, the winner's circle soon. Five and, uh, he's ridden five, and I, I think uh, three or four of them have hit the board or something. Yeah, you see, everything he's ridden has been right there, it sounds like. Yeah, he's looking good. Well, thanks again for kickstarting him. And, you know, good things come to those who wait. And uh, you've mentioned some of the Claiborne farms that you've readied for over the years. And it looks like they finally decided that they're going to give Tommy Drury a shot and give you some legitimate horses. That was great news. Well, it really was. I, You know, I just, as a fan of horse racing, I've kind of grown up... Uh, you know, gotcha. It, it seems like every every horse that's that's been successful in this business, they, it, it seems like most of them are tied to Cleveland somehow. Uh, I, I, you know, it just their resume just uh, kind of towers over everyone else, in my opinion. And and just to to be able to work for them in 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 any capacity, that that's a big deal within itself. And and I do a variety of things for them, and I, I just. You know, I'm just so appreciative of the opportunity that they've given me. It's uh, it it it's. It's really a dream come true. Well, I've got to guess the Hancocks have been watching you. I mean, uh, uh, Claiborne Farm uh, does does their homework both on the breeding end and on, on on the training end. Did they ever come down to, to Skylight and watch you there? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, Mr. Hancock's been down been down several times, and uh, you know he's he's actually he's made the trip to Belterra with me before, and. Uh, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's just a, a true fan of horse racing. They, you know, uh, Walker obviously is, is kind of taken over and, and it's just a, it's just a first class run operation from top to bottom. It, it, it's, uh, uh, it's, it, you know, it's been very educational for me just to, just to be part of it. I can, I can sure tell you. Well, I, I sure hope the, that the horses keep coming your way, but uh, I must say they passed along a nice one, six-year-old gelding by the name of Departing. Uh, they're certainly not afraid to uh, uh, travel with this horse, and over the weekend, congratulations, you added to his $1.8 million earnings in the Schaefer Memorial at Indiana Grand. Yeah, he, uh, you know, I... I, I think Departing, he's, gosh, he's, you know, he. if, if you look at some of the races he's ran and uh, some of the horses he's ran against, uh, you know, gosh, he's, you know, whether it's grass, dirt, short, long, uh, he just shows up every time. And, uh, you know, he's, he's one of the neatest horses I've ever been around. And, and I just, uh, gosh, I, you know, I just, just can't begin to tell you how blessed I feel just to, you know, just to get an opportunity with a horse like that. Well, it's kind of nice, you know, and you even talked about, you know, a little bit of change of scenery, you know. I mean, six years old, you've got a lot of options with this horse because, like you said, uh, you know, he can uh, he can win on uh, turf. He can go the distance. Uh, he can, he's certainly not afraid to, to travel. So uh, you you might be, have to start saving up for some of your gas money this summer. Well, uh, you know, right now we're still kind of enjoying that. I haven't come out of the clouds from the last one yet. We're still kind of enjoying that one right now, but... Uh, uh, you know the thing about Claiborne is they're they're always gonna the horse is always gonna come first and uh, you know I'm I'm sure that there'll be there'll be plenty of options for him down the road and you know we haven't really made any decisions yet as to exactly what they're gonna be but uh, but no I, I I'm excited I I, I think uh, you know I think his race the other night was was as as impressive of as of a race as he's ran recently and and I, I just couldn't have been more proud of him I you know I think the class relief might have 
might have helped him a touch. Brian Hernandez couldn't have rode him any better. He, you know, he absolutely had him in in a spot to win the race from from start to finish. And and uh, you know, it was our night. I think everything just kind of fell into place for us. Well, I really like Brian. He's been, he's been getting a lot of breaks in the last couple of years, too, from uh, Fort Larner. Didn't help put his name on the map uh, a little bit. Well, um, uh, t- Tommy, as far as uh, Claiborne's concerned, do you, do, you, do you have some babies that you think might be staying with you, or you still be getting them ready for other people? You know, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, you know, I'm just happy to work for them and wherever they need me. If that, you know, as far as legging horses up and sending to other trainers and or, or running one myself, you know, whatever they need, I, I, I do my best to try to get them accommodated. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just really proud to, to be a part of their team. I, you know, it's, it's, if you think about the history of Claiborne and the, you know, the, the horses that they've had over the years, uh, it, it it's pretty humbling. I, it really is. I mean, even just to look at the, you know, you think about the trainers that have won stakes for, for Claiborne Farm, and that's, uh, you know, that's a, that's a pretty neat neat place to be in. So uh, whatever they need, we're, we're happy to try to get them accommodated. One last question, Tommy Drury. <clears throat> Was there a little bit of a knot in your stomach when they went in the gate in the Schaefer Memorial? Oh, uh, there was a knot in my stomach when entries came out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, definitely. There's no question. I, you know, it was uh, it was hands down the biggest the biggest moment of my career. And 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 again, I, I just uh, can't begin to tell you how blessed I feel just to have received the opportunity, let alone to to go up there and actually win the race with a horse like Departing. Well, I got a feeling with all the groundwork and hard work that you've put into becoming a horseman, there's going to be many more wins ahead of you, Tommy Drury. And I'm, I'm proud to include you as as being a friend of mine. You're a good man. Well, thank you, John. I, I, I can't thank you enough for having me. I really appreciate it. Okay. Well, folks, you just heard the voice of one of the stars of the future, and you heard it here first on Winning Ponies. When we come back, we're going to be talking to the man that has the law up at Saratoga. He's special, Tom Law. We'll be talking to him. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. 
All right, and with a guest that I usually get on a couple times a year, it's kind of become a uh, a holy day of obligation to get Tom Law on the night before opening day at Saratoga. Of course, uh, Tom was the uh, former editor of the Thoroughbred Times, uh, the president of the National Turf Writers and Broadcasters Association. Uh, he has won numerous writing awards, and now he has found his way full circle back home up at beautiful Saratoga, New York. Tom, is your your heart beating, or are you ready to collapse from putting out tonight's edition? Well, we're uh, a little of both, maybe. Uh, Not not exactly in full collapse mode yet. We're actually in in pretty good shape, so uh, uh, I'm pretty thankful for our great team and and all the hard work that they do, and and, uh, I just stepped outside for a few minutes while the Clancy brothers kind of fine-tune everything and kind of get everything ready to go and head off to the printer, hopefully by 10 p.m. Eastern, which is our, uh, our usual deadline. Well, explain the process to me, not only of uh, publishing a, a, a publication that ha- has to be uh, fresher than fruit, but uh, kind of like the game plan. I mean, obviously, you guys are a team. Uh, is somebody assigned workouts? Is somebody assigned a trainer? Is somebody assigned uh, the race reports? Uh, how does that work? Because you've got to turn that all around in just a couple of hours, in addition to, to, to writing uh, feature stories. Yeah, exactly. Today, you know, just to kind of give you an example of rough, maybe outline of what we do, uh, you know, we have a staff of about between five and seven people, and, uh, you know, we all have various duties and this morning. Uh, I was out there doing some work on some advanced type stories on the stakes races for tomorrow, the Schuylerville and the, and the Lake George. In addition to, I was working on some stuff just a day ahead about the Diana and the Sanford. Um, you know, and our other writers, most of our team of writers will go to the races tomorrow for the, the whole day. Uh, I basically say that we cover every race. We don't necessarily write about every race, but we have somebody on the ground paying attention, covering the race, uh, just in case something noteworthy happens, you know. And, and our niche really is like when there's a horse that's like 70 to 1 and you look up at the you look at the, the program and you read the name and you're like, who is that guy, you know? Like you can, you can guarantee that the next day in the Saratoga Special, you will be able to read the story of who that obscure trainer, owner, jockey, who's the horse, where did this horse come from. We are going to have that story. That's really what we really enjoy doing. Um, you know, we don't we don't do any re- repeating of, of track press notes and anything like that. Nothing against the fine work that the racetracks do. It actually serves as a great uh, foundation and a good uh, source of background for us. But you know, we do all our own original reporting and. And, uh, you know, we comb the backstretch and stuff. We don't, we don't do a ton of, like, news, news, hard news in our paper um, just because it's really more feature-driven, uh, like you said. And, you know, we do feature stories. But then even our race previews and even our race recaps uh, tend to have more of a feature-y kind of uh, feel to them where we, where we really tell the stories, we tell the human interest-type stories, you know, people overcoming adversity or, you know, noteworthy wins and milestones and things like that. But... Uh, Generally, my day starts at, you know, the alarm goes off about 5.30 in the morning. I get up, maybe have a little breakfast, go to the track. I'm usually out there by about 6, 6.30. I'm there till maybe 10 o'clock. Now I'll go home or back to the office, do a little bit of writing for a couple hours, uh, get changed, get up to the races, uh, cover the stakes usually. So I usually make it for uh, later in the day's races, cover the stakes, 
and then uh, back to the office and, and write the stories up. And then, you know, in a perfect world, knock on wood, we're, we're pushing the send button on the last few pages off to our printer at 10 p.m. And then we do it all again the next day. <laughs> Well, what people don't realize is hard as that work is, especially you getting there at 6 in the morning, uh, for, for those uh, first uh, uh, four hours, you, you're spending four hours in horse heaven. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't, I never, like, I always try to make it very clear to people that it sounds like a long day from beginning to end, from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed, but there's a lot of time that's spent, yeah, in horse heaven, basically, where... What I'm doing is I'm interacting with owners and trainers and watching horses train. And, I mean, really, it's, uh, I, I spoke at a, an event at the National Museum of Racing last night. And I basically said I really am, consider myself really one of the luckiest people in the world. I get to kind of, that's what I get to do for a living, you know. Like, I kind of, like, sometimes I look around and I think, you know, like, if I break it down, like, when I'm having a bad day or a bad stretch, I kind of, like, break it down. Like, this is really what I get to do, you know. Like, right. It's, uh, it's amazing. You know, and I know that a lot of my colleagues feel the same way. Uh, I'm sure you do. You've been doing it. You've been doing it longer than I have, and I know I know how much you love the game. And you know, and, and you can you know you can tell who likes it and who doesn't like it. Uh, I think, and and, it's, and that's the good thing about the guys that I work with, Joe and Sean. And in addition to our our team of uh, aspiring journalists that work with us, you know, they they really love it too. And it's uh, you know that that just feeds off each other. You know, I think we push each other and and in a professional way, but we also sort of push each other in a passion where we, we feed off each other's passion. Well, I'll tell you who's pushing you a lot of storylines and some excellent horses is the state of California. Uh, when you look at their card, they don't really have much there for the three-year-old set. Therefore, this weekend, you're going to get to see Songbird. Uh, you know, pretty soon uh, you may see uh, Nyquist, uh, Exaggerator. Um, it, it's interesting how all of the, the, the best three-year-olds are kind of getting pushed eastward for the summer. Absolutely. I saw, saw both of those horses uh, in the last two days. Uh, Songbird got here yesterday, trained a little bit this morning, saw her, and then I saw Exaggerator training on the old Claire Court track uh, yesterday. Um, and, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, there's a little bit of a, a shortage, uh, on the West coast of, of races for three-year-olds, you know, they'd have to go against older horses. I think if they wanted to, 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 to run in some of the main track races or they have to go to the grass. Uh, they have a great grass three-year-old program out there called Philly, uh, which we have here too at Saratoga. I mean, we have 40 days, obviously. I mean, Saratoga is pretty much covered in every division, but it's definitely a, a great, uh, a great place for the best three-year-olds, you know, Colts or Phillies to come. And, you know, it's pretty awesome that, uh, that the guys, the connection to Songbird have, have been real sporting and made the decision to bring her here. That's going to be pretty cool on Sunday. Actually, the Saturday cars are really loaded at Saratoga now, more so than when I, even when I was a kid, they, they kind of really bulked them up a lot. And, uh, it's kind of cool because the coaching club is on Sunday. So I'm kind of like, it's really going to be a, just a spectacular weekend. That really is, and I um, may be tapping into you down the road. Uh, the, the Travers Day is going to be unbelievable. you got the Travers, the Sword Dancer, the Personal Ensign, uh, the Priority One Jets Forego, the King's Bishop, and the Ballerina. Your head is going to be spinning the, the final week of, of August, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah last year, was, uh, that was some day. Uh, American Pharaoh last year, so it was, it was even bigger. Um, 
but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work. Um, you know, the, the the time I you know back to the paper and then just kind of the nuts and bolts of doing the paper. It always seems like this the harder work is kind of the advanced work. You know, like uh, when the race is happening, like the race happens in front of you, and you kind of you get the story once the race happens. You know, the advanced work you got to kind of come up with an interesting angle on your own. So it's a little bit more, a little bit more difficult creatively. Uh, but yeah, that's a it's a big day. But luckily, we got a good team, and we got a, a large enough team where we could kind of divvy up all the takes. Where uh, you know, Sean's got one race, I got another, Joe's got another, and then so on and so on, right down the line. I think I think I wrote two last year. I wrote I wrote one early in the day. Actually, came back to the office, worked on it for a little while, cooled off in the AC, and then I went back to the track. Our office. It's only about a half a mile from the track, so it's actually sort of like a well, gonna, box away, away from the track, yeah. I want to take a, a couple, couple looks, uh, a look at a couple of races. Real quick, sure. you know, uh, rain can pop up any time up there, that portion of upstate New York. How's the, how's the weather looking for opening weekend? It's supposed to be pretty warm, from what I understand, and I know that uh, I've spoken to some folks down your way, actually in, a little bit further south from you in Kentucky, and they said that it's actually been, been very hot. Uh, down there. I know the whole country's been kind of hot. We've actually been blessed. The last few days have been spectacular. I actually had to wear a jacket at the track this morning. Wow. Um, yeah, but I'm standing outside right now, and um, it's, the humidity's kind of coming in. It's starting to feel a little bit warm. Kind of feeling like typical, you know, July, late July in upstate New York where we get maybe a couple weeks of, of kind of warm weather. It might be close to 90, I think, uh, on the weekend. So, uh, but I don't think there's any rain in the forecast, which is good. Um, I would, you know, you can only get those pop-up thunderstorms and such. But uh, I haven't looked at a, a really advanced forecast as far as uh, Sunday goes. I know that I know that tomorrow is looking too good. So, you know, here's hoping that uh, that everything goes well. Well, everybody will be watching uh, up there, Tom. I know that. Well, uh, speaking of good weather, it looks like we'll probably get the the uh, uh, Grade One uh, Diana on the on the on the turf. Uh, what an interesting deep field. Uh, you know, my eye was first drawn to Miss Temple City because I, I do feel she is something special, especially uh, the sportsman-like way they, they've handled her with uh, with two trips uh, over to Ascot. And while she didn't win, she had close calls in both those races. Uh, I was there when she uh, uh, scored a 108 buyer in the Maker's Mark a watt mile after just losing the QE2 by a head. But then the more I look at the racing form, I start getting impressed by Wakia the French bred, uh, Dacita, the chili horse, um, the, the, the speed horse, the one they're going to have to try to catch from the outside, Isabella Singh. I mean, Chad Brown's got four in there. Todd Pletcher has two. And uh, four of the horses are coming out of the grade one just a game. The interesting thing I saw about this race is there's a lot of people that woke up took the overnight at Saratoga and said, thank God Teppin's not in this race because over <laughs> half the field has finished in her shadow. Yeah, I think uh, I, I interviewed uh, Todd Fletcher yesterday. Uh, at barn. Did a, uh, I did a, what we do during the meet, we do a thing called the Sarah Fady Kitchen Stable Tour where you go through the, all the horses in his barn and talk about them. And Todd made a point that the Diana pretty much probably has every good turf horse that there is on the East Coast. Philly turf, uh, female turf horse, with the exception of Tepin. And I think if yeah. he was in here, he might not have seen such a big field. Uh, but you're right. I mean, I, I, it's a good race. I actually like Recepta in here. Uh, Jimmy Toner's Philly. I'm planning on, I plan on writing about her set on Saturday. Watched her train today. And, and Jimmy's won this race three times. And he's just uh, a great guy to root for. And 
you know, but uh, all that aside, I mean, I think she's run a, a great steady progression of race this year. Uh, each race being better than the previous one, and, and her last race was, was very good against uh, Celestine, who who may be the alone exception. She might be the horse that's not in this race. That's a that's a very very top horse. But uh, you know, I like Receptor in here. Like you, the, and the other horses that you mentioned, I think Wakila and Desita will both be tough for Chad Brown. He's always tough in turf races, obviously, and especially at Saratoga. And uh, Repsida is a horse who has only run on the turf at Saratoga. That was a winning effort in the Day La Rose last year. And as you know, Tom, seems like horses, once they got a fondness for that Saratoga turf course, they tend to come back and win again. Yeah, absolutely. It's a big factor that I actually use in my handicapping. Is, uh, you know, it's one of the first things I look at when I start to look at the big field of horses. I'll, I'll kind of look at, you know, if there's four or five in there that have run races at Saratoga, I try to dissect which one has run the best race with Saratoga, and then I kind of go from there. So, yeah, you're right. It's a horse-for-course kind of angle, uh, you know, has worked uh, pretty well for me uh, through the years, and, and I like the fact that Receptor uh, won here last year. You know, Desita won here last year, too, and Desita actually holds the distinction of being the last horse to actually beat Pepin. So uh, that's kind of an, an interesting angle, and she's back on, on uh, favorable ground for sure. All right. Well, we're talking with Tom Law about the green, green grass at Saratoga. We're going to take a little bit of a break here on Winning Ponies. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at two top two-year-old races. I don't know much about them, but maybe Tom with the backstretch dirt on his boots will have some skinny for us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
Steve. All right, and with me, Tom Law, one of the team of the Saratoga Special, a publication you cannot be without at Saratoga. And uh, it's not a real expensive publication, is it, Tom? No, it's actually free. Uh, we're all <laughs> advertiser-supported, which is great. We have a, a great roster of advertisers in the past and uh, lined up for this year. So uh, a lot of the uh, top Kentucky farms are in, uh, our supporters, the farms all over the country, and a lot of businesses, uh, both local and national, and you know, a lot of horse, horse-related groups, but also a lot of non-horse-related groups uh, help us out, and we're free. Uh, we pass out. You know, between five and ten thousand copies uh, all over Saratoga uh, every day during the meet, Wednesday to Sunday, and uh, it's also available on da- a digital download, especially sponsored by Keeneland uh, every day. Uh, just get that at thisishorseracing.com. That's our, uh, our website that goes all year long. We do all kinds of Saratoga special-related stuff. Yeah. That is a great site. I mean, you've got such a team. I mean, you and the Clancy Brothers, all of you national award-winning writers uh, for horse racing. It's a sensational site. So don't just go up there for the Saratoga Special. Go up there for the other feature stories because you really have a a, a talented team, that's for sure. Well, amongst that team, what I want to know is, you know, one thing is, you know, I was an upstate New York boy my whole life, and uh, uh, at Saratoga, you just never know what you're going to see next. You know, I remember one time a bunch of uh, untested two-year-olds were, were going out uh, the, to, to a race, and I, I happened to have uh, the ability to get into the clubhouse back then. I was young. And so I'm looking down, and I see the, this groom, and he's going, come on, baby, come on, baby, come on, baby. And his horse gets there, and I look down, and he's got a halter, and I've written on, on uh, the, the, the halter was... Uh, uh, not Devil is Due, uh, who's the sire? Uh, Devil's Woody, Bag. Devil's Bag. Woody Stevens, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I remember as a kid just being like up on the turn one time, and I'm just standing up there with my little uh, probably brownie camera or something like that, and this guy rides up to me on a buckskin horse and looks down and says, How you doing, son? I said, Fine, sir. And he rode away, and I asked somebody, Who's that? And he said, Well, that's Woody Stevens. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You know, just a nice guy wishing you a good, a good morning. Um, well, look, tomorrow uh, we kick off with the Schuylerville, named after a nice little town up there in upstate New York. Um, it's six furlongs. This one uh, drew a pretty good field, considering how young these horses are. Uh, there's a field of nine. Have, have you gotten any inside skinny on these horses? I mean, they're all beautifully bred. They all come out of sensational barns. I'm seeing bullet works in the morning. Um, you know, what, what have you heard about this race? Anything? Yeah, it's an interesting race, actually. They're, all nine of them uh, won in their very first start. So, uh, you know, it's not totally uncommon that's the case, but every one of them, none of them needed, like, one start to break their mates. Uh, you know, the feeling the that I like in here is, number one, uh, Olive Branch. She actually was mm-hmm. entered in a race at Belmont, the Astoria Stakes, which a couple of these horses ran in the race. And, and she got really, really unsettled in, like, a strange incident in the paddock. Actually reared up. It fell over, uh, and when a horse rears up in the paddock, you know, they generally have to scratch. It's kind of like a mandatory thing now. Uh, Rick Violet, the trainer, he, he galloped her the next day. He said she was totally unfazed by it. And uh, she's a little tiny little filly. She breaks from the rail. It's a good thing she's breaking from the rail because she was on the outside. You might not be able to see her. I kind of went far today. <laughs> kind of like a, 
not even quite a yearling size type horse. He's very small, but uh, very very compact, very handy. And and Rick was uh, I talked to Rick about like the incident and like asked him if he's worried about it. And he said if she'd never really done anything before that and hasn't done anything since then. You know, obviously he said he's still a little worried because he knows that it's in her, but. Um, you know, he's pretty confident that she'll run okay. I think um, Steve Asmussen's horse made me shiver, comes out of a really good race, <laughs> excuse me, a fast race at Churchill Downs. Um, she's by McLean's Music, who's kind of a, a, a up-and-coming promising sire. Uh, she could be pretty tough, and Irad Ortiz uh, gets on board. He won the riding title last year, so, you know, those two I think will be pretty tough. Well, uh, just to ba- back to Olive Branch, uh, certainly she didn't show any ill effects a week ago when she was the best of 25 at Belmont going four furlongs. And when you're a two-year-old filly spitting out those kind of times, you know that in that 25 were some older horses. Absolutely, and, and, and that's uh, July, July 15th. That's right around the time of guy, a lot of guys are breeding horses there at Belmont before they'll come up here to Saratoga. So it's not like it was sort of like, you know, uh, early in the season kind of bullet workout. Probably like like you said, a lot of good older horses going a half that day at Belmont. And, and Rick Wilder is a guy that does really well with a two year old. He does does really well with him uh, first time out. Um, you know, and he does he does well with him second time out. He's just a, he's a sharp top trainer. Well, before we get get on to the Stanford, I want to uh, put my uh, two cents in. Horse that drew my attention, and I love it if the odds would stay at six to one, is Sweet Loretta. Now, she is from the first crop of, uh, no, she, she's from uh, uh, Tappet, but she's a January foal. And she's coming out of the Pletcher barn with his two-year-olds. He's batting 27%. Uh, and right now is listed at 6-1 to one odds at Johnny V up. All I can say is if, if that remained the, the, the case, Tom, I, I'm going to be standing at the window pressing that button on Sweet Loretta. Yeah, absolutely. Todd won the race. Five times he's going for uh, going for six, uh, which would uh, I think D. Wayne Lucas may have won it six or seven times. So uh, he certainly knows how to win this race for sure. Well, we'll we'll move on to to a race that uh, holds a, a special place in my heart, and, and that is the Grade Three Sanford Stakes, a six furlong affair. And the reason it is is uh, years ago. Uh, I believe it was 1977, I went up there uh, to watch a kid from Cincinnati by the name of uh, Steve Cawthon. And it was the first mm-hmm. time Steve Cawthon ever got up on this big old chestnut horse by the name of Affirmed. And it was the first time he had ridden Affirmed, came from out of the clouds, and just clobbered him in the Sanford. I'll never forget that day. I got the photos to prove it. Uh, I, I just love the Sanford. A lot of great horses have graduated uh, from this race. Uh, it is a short field. What's interesting is you've got an 8-5 to five and a 7-5 to five shot in there. I like the 7-5 to five a little bit better uh, off of that 90 debut with the trainer you just mentioned, uh, Rich Violet. Yeah, he, he Rick bought. It's funny. Rick bought uh, Random Walk, and he bought Olive Branch for Ralph Evans, who's a longtime owner of his, who owns, owns a horse named Upstart. That's, uh, that's a good quality oh, yeah. horse. And uh, he bought two horses this year for for Mister Evans. He's a doesn't he, he, he's got enough money to buy racehorses, but he doesn't go crazy. He bought two racehorses. He's got them both running on back to back days and great take Saratoga. I mean, that's a that's a pretty good strike rate. Um, <clears throat> Random Walk, he's an interesting horse by a, by Super Saver, who you would say suggest distance if you won the Derby, but that mare, Lunar Gal, it's all speed underneath. And, I mean, obviously he 
was he was lights out in his debut. I mean, winning in 103 and change, that's a really fast time. And like you said, he got the high buyer. I mean, he's a, a far superior buyer, you know, by four points over uh, Bittman, which is uh, Eddie Keneally, of course, by Mineshaft, you know, who really uh, who really impressed winning at, at Churchill Downs at the end of June, who uh, was going to be tough in here, too, I think, with uh, Castellano. Uh, it's a good race, five-horse field, like you said, but... Uh, but a pretty good group. I think uh, I talked to Todd about his horse, Bronson. He thinks he's going to have to step up maybe a little bit. He thinks maybe the race to the Monmouth might be a little bit weaker, obviously, than those that are at, at New York. And, you know, I think uh, uh, Steve Asmussen's horse from the rail, I'm, I'm going to talk to Steve tomorrow. The Tapazar, uh, the people at Gainesway when I was there this spring in Kentucky, were really high on Tapazar. Uh, you know, obviously, a son of Tappet, maybe the heir apparent to, uh, to the daddy. And uh, he, he, he won like a like he was supposed to, first time out, ran fast, you know, 51 for, for four and a half there at Churchill, and he, he looks pretty good. So this could be a pretty good race, I mean, for, despite the fact that it's only a five-horse field versus Kylerville having, having a larger field of nine. So, I, Well, uh, Tom, uh, I've got about a minute left here on Winning Ponies, so before we go, uh, loud and clear, tell people where they go, A, if they're in Saratoga, or B, if they're online, to get that special publication. Absolutely. If you're in Saratoga, you can go to like Stewart's Shops, you can go to Price Chopper, you can go to all the grocery stores, hotels, downtown, coffee shops, downtown, a lot of different retail stores. We got some paper boxes all over town. You'll see the Saratoga special. If you're not in Saratoga, you can go to thisishorseracing.com. You can download the digital edition. And I should say that if you're at the, if you're in Saratoga and you're at the racetrack, you can get it at the racetrack all over the grounds. We have it. We have paper racks throughout the grounds. Just put them out there. Today myself, so uh, they are they are ready to go to be loaded up tomorrow morning. All right, Tom Law, you do it all. You do it wonderful. Thanks so much for being on Winning Ponies, and have a great time at the spa this summer. My pleasure, John. Thank you. All right. Well, I want to thank uh, the two Toms, Tommy Drury and Tom Law, for joining us. Going to close out the show, looking across that manicured turf course, past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. Remember, pull down your easy win forms from Winning Ponies and bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.